everybody. This is Sandy Rios, and this is Sandy Rios 24-7. So happy you've joined us this morning, and you know you can join us every day if you have the AFR app. All you have to do is download it on your phone, and you can get it anywhere in the world at any time. Plus, if you listen to podcasts on Apple or Spotify or Amazon or any of those platforms, you can find Sandy Rios 24-7. But AFR.net is our home base because we are a production of the American Family Radio Network. All right, so uh, we also are getting great calls from you, and please keep them coming because we're going to we're going to do a show using your phone calls and your questions. You can call us at 662-821-2040. 662-821-2040. You know, it wasn't that long ago that we had another election. Anybody remember that? You remember 2022 when we were all geared up and we thought for certain with Joe Biden's policies that are actually destroying this country uh, and the, the left, the leadership of the left, surely, to goodness, people were motivated. They were going to get out and vote. And then 2022 election came and the same thing happened. Some conservatives who believe in truth prevail, but a lot of them did not. And of course, the reason given is because, oh, it was the pro-life issue, the fact that uh, the Supreme Court leaked this, uh, this memo by uh, Justice, uh, Justice Alito that uh, Roe versus Wade was wrongly decided and that set women off, and that's the reason. If they hadn't done that, we would have won. We, meaning conservatives in this country who love this country, would have won, but it was our fault because we did that, et cetera, et cetera. Not a word about voter fraud, except we heard a lot of words out of Arizona. Carrie Lake, uh, this little little bit of nothing, who was a beautiful girl who used to be a you know an anchor uh, for a network on ABC, I believe, in Phoenix, uh, became a dynamo challenging Katie Hobbs for governor. Katie Hobbs was uh, the Secretary of State and had control over the elections, and yet was the opponent to Carrie Lake. Well, you saw, watched what was happening, and Bruce, you certainly did. Uh, we're going to talk today with someone who is an expert on voter, voter malfeasance. He has so much new information to report to us and old information. But I think of Kerry when I think of the 2022 election. What do you think happened there, Bruce? What did, what did you see happening? Well, she really is the face of what went wrong, what I would call wrong in the election. Um, uh, first off, what you mentioned is amazing that Katie Hobbs was the Secretary of State who has jurisdiction over elections. And Anyone with any kind of ethics knows that that's a conflict of interest for her to oversee the election. She should have stepped aside and appointed someone or had someone appointed to oversee the election. But no, she did it. Now, you have to remember, Maricopa County— And she won, amazingly And she won. Can you imagine? It's a shock. Yeah. And uh, where were the problems? Maricopa County, which is the Phoenix area— Unbeknownst to me until today, Maricopa County is the second largest voting jurisdiction in the entire country. So if a place should be up to date and ready to go for an election, it should be a place that's as important as that potentially. And, uh, you know, my understanding is almost a million and a half people voted in the 2022 election in Arizona. And the margin of victory for Katie Hobbs was 17,000 votes. I mean, that's almost significantly, insignificant in statistical analysis. And Carrie Lake starts to say, hey, you know, we've gotten all these reports, because immediately on election day, 
uh, reports came out that people were being turned away at the polls. They were being told, oh. We saw we, pictures of people yeah. lined up being turned away at the polls. We heard the, the, the Republican councilman or head of the Republican Party telling people to, oh, uh, we're, we're sorry things are not working. And so yeah. here's a drop box. You could put it yeah. in this drop box. Can you imagine after the um, distrust we already have in the election system that uh, you go in to cast your vote and they say, you know, we can't count your vote right now, but hey, just put it in this box over here. Don't worry. We'll take care of it and it'll get counted later. And the other thing he said, remember, Bruce, he said, uh, we, you know, the vote machines are down. And so uh, you can wait in this line, but you're going to be here for a long time. Or you can go over to this other place and vote. It was so blatant uh, for all to see that something was not right about that. And, you know, some people stayed anyway, and they waited up to three, four hours and still were not allowed to vote. Yeah, yeah. They were told, oh, the tabulators aren't working. Ta- you know, go to Home Depot or Office Depot, I mean, and get some machines, get some correct size paper. I mean, they're, they're saying, well, the paper doesn't fit. Yeah, so, oh. yeah, the, uh, the copy machines are down. Yeah. There was all kind. It was just amazing. Well, of course, that fight is still being fought. And we're going to talk about that a bit with our next guest. But uh, Carrie Lake is kind of the epicenter. She's the quintessential example of what happened in 2022. Uh, And so we're going to talk about that. There's more information coming out every single day about election fraud in 2020 as well as 2022. And we're going to talk about it with our next guest. But before we do that, you know, I can't do this without a sponsor. And we have a wonderful sponsor Uh, for right now. It's Preborn. You know, I'm here today because my mother chose life. (laughs) And it's funny that I should say that because my mother actually didn't want children, but she had me anyway. (laughs) She didn't because she was so poor and she'd taken care of her little brothers and sisters, but she chose to have me. And uh, you're here today because your mother chose to have you. The miracle of life is a gift that every baby deserves because every single life is precious. And that's why Sandy Rios 24-7 has partnered with Preborn Pregnancy Network to help rescue babies. Preborn introduces babies to their mothers through ultrasound. And after hearing the heartbeat and seeing her beautiful baby, a mom is twice as likely to choose life. Through love, compassion, and free ultrasounds, Preborn has rescued over 200,000 babies. And every day their clinics save 150 babies' lives. And you know, that is a real miracle. One ultrasound is just $28. It's the cost of maybe dinner somewhere for you, or maybe two of you, depending on where you go. Or you can sponsor five ultrasounds at $140, helping to rescue the equivalent of five little babies. Any amount will help, and all gifts are tax-deductible. And 100% of your donation will go to saving babies. So please join us. All you have to do is go to preborn.com sandy. That's preborn.com sandy. And make the most generous pledge that you can or donation to preborn.com. And so we appreciate you listening. So sit back and relax and enjoy the show. From American Family Radio, Sandy Rios. We are not called to be nice. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. I think the most important thing we need to demonstrate to our children is genuineness. 
that we actually believe what we say we believe. A longtime Fox News contributor, Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. Seek justice, not social justice, but God's justice, what's right and what's wrong. Sandy Rios is with the American Family Association, a pro-life radio talk show host. We've got to say this is the line. Life is sacred. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. Tonight, Republican Carrie Lake has lost her bid to overturn her loss in Arizona's governor's race. A judge said that Lake did not provide evidence that the election was stolen. The official count shows Lake lost to Democrat Katie Hobbs by about 17,000 votes. All right, Sandy Rios with you on 24-7. This is the new podcast and uh, we are so delighted that so many of you are tuning in and enjoying it. We have yet, really, to talk about uh, the elections of 2022 because uh, because we just haven't, and that's a big issue in my mind. The election of 2020 was a huge issue in my mind. And I want to introduce my new podcast listeners to someone that is uh, so knowledgeable about this. And I actually, I think Pat Kolbeck... Uh, should be on television every night. He has so much knowledge. He's done so much research about this. Uh, and because of his views, I think you could safely say he's been shut out. Shall we say the people that think there were problems with the election, for the most part, are shut out. And so, but Pat is a, uh, he's a treasure. He really is. He's, uh, he used to be a, a scientist with Boeing uh, on the space station. They were contracted with NASA. And he also taught at Space Camp, for all of you space junkies, uh, he's an American engineer. He's an author. His book is called The 2020 Coup, What Happened and What Can We Do? Uh, and he has a great website called letsfixstuff.com. Pat is ever, ever, ever researching what happens in the elections from an engineer's perspective. And he joins us today. Pat, thanks for joining us. Oh, it's great to be with you on your podcast. All right. So, Pat, how did this, you know, you ha- were a state senator in Michigan you were there uh, at the TCF Senator Center, Center in Detroit, Michigan, uh, as a poll challenger. And I guess maybe uh, we should recap, because you know there's so much news people don't know. But let me just say yeah. that was the center of b- voter malfeasance in the 2020 election. Um, so just tell us what you saw and why this, this kind of changed your life, I'm thinking. It very much did. This is not what I planned on doing after I got out of the Michigan Senate. I did not anticipate devoting my life to full-time investigation of election fraud, but that's what's happened. And it was because of what I saw at the TCS Center. Um, you know, I was a former vice chair of the Senate Election and uh, Government Reform Committee in the Michigan Senate, so I had a very good idea of what our election processes are. As a matter of fact, I, in pure engineering mode, I diagrammed out all of our election processes and uh, so when I went into the TCS Center, pretty good understanding of what, what was supposed to be happening. Um, furthermore, I'm a certified Microsoft small business specialist, so I, I understand technology fairly well. And when I came into the TCS Center, one of the first things that I noticed um, was the fact that all of our tabulation systems were all connected to the Internet. And I said, well, that's not good. <laughs> that is, uh, that's a huge security risk and security breach. And um, whenever I asked the election officials, you know, uh, can you um, show me why these machines are connected to the Internet? They swore that they were not connected to the Internet. And I, I knew they were connected. I could see on the monitor the Internet connectivity icon was flashing right up in front of it uh, on the screen for everybody to see. Um, 
So something wasn't right, particularly because I, I knew for a fact what I was observing, and they were telling me that the exact opposite was true. And then I went back to, I was there at 3.30 in the morning when they dropped off the ballots at the back of the TCS center. And there was no chain of custody of those ballots. There were thousands of ballots that came in and affected the outcome of the election. And then I was also there when they um, highlighted the lack of transparency with what goes on in our election by putting pizza boxes over the windows and barring poll challengers from coming back in and observing the tallying of the votes. Um, so, yeah, that kind of put a burn my saddle, if you will, and has inspired me to continue this research. And I was saying to you before we got on that literally to this day, we're almost like two and a half years after the 2020 election. I'm continually each and every day getting new evidence of election fraud. And, uh, you know, which is I think what uh, uh, piqued your interest recently is that I decided, hey, I, you know, we're swimming in a sea of data. We're swimming in a, a sea of uh, evidence around the fraud we got to simplify this into what can we do to address this fraud now going forward? What are the two key things we can zero in on to try to simplify things and get focused on? And we'll, we will get to that, Pat, but let's lay out a few more things. There's so much. Look, we have several problems with this. First of all, as I don't need to tell you, uh, people who have felt there was voter fraud uh, people who found voter fraud, people who verified voter fraud, people who made movies about voter fraud have been silenced, you know, shut out of Twitter, shut out of Facebook. You can't talk about it. Television talks mocks anyone who talks about still Fox does, CNN does. Uh, you cannot talk about voter fraud. One question I'm curious about, do you, have you found that with Elon Musk taking over Twitter, have you found, uh, are you, no, do you know if voter fraud can be discussed on Twitter now? I have. I have been banned on Twitter since Elon Musk took over. I was put in a timeout period, but since then, I got my old blue check mark and everything. Seems to be going well now. Um, but uh, yet, it, I, I'm talking about election fraud. I'm talking about COVID. I'm talking about all the taboo subjects on social media, and I, I still have been banned on Twitter. Seriously? But, but wait. Yeah. Put in a so to be clear, banned. I got to be. Yeah. Okay. So are you there out. now? Are you there now? Or are you back? I'm back. I'm on, okay. there. I'm All right. on Facebook. Okay. But okay. So you haven't changed. Now. You haven't altered your message, but it is. Okay. I just was curious if, no. you know, how this is getting out. And our polls showing, my gut feeling is that most Americans feel there has been voter fraud in 2020 and 2022, but I can't verify that with a poll. Do you know what the, what I, the I American? Can. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Rasmussen put out a poll, and they they verified they validated your sentiment. First of all, eighty three percent of Americans believe that election fraud was an issue in twenty twenty, and then I think they said uh, the poll came back as fifty two percent of all Americans believe that fraud affected the outcome of the election. That's a majority, and that's that's across Republicans, Democrats, and Independents. So you no, know, your your instincts are spot on, according to Rasmussen. I want to just give some historical perspective to people, Pat, because one of the reasons, besides the practical, besides what you saw with your very own eyes, and besides what we heard, I covered 2020 so extensively, and 2022 some, but, um, uh, so, but what we have seen historically is that there is a new way of taking over a country. I think it came out of the yeah. Sao Paulo Forum. 
uh, with Fidel Castro, and that was that you forget the uh, military coups where you take up guns and uh, you start shooting people. All you do is work through the voting process. Uh, you corrupt it. Uh, and then you uh, declare yourself the winner, and who can prove any differently? And then you start taking over everything. The Supreme Court, you change the Constitution. This has been done in Venezuela. It's been done in uh, places all over the globe. This is a new way of takeover. So we see it. We smell it. We know that the left wants to corrupt our elections so badly. They are desperate uh, to take everything and have total control and that's why we have to fight back. That's why it matters. And that's why, Pat, the last, like in 2020, when Republicans who should care about this, since they got the short end of the stick, uh, are joining the chorus of Democrats and saying there's nothing to that, nothing to voter fraud, nothing to see, move on. It's very disturbing, isn't it? <laughs> it's extremely disturbing, and I think you're spot on. Nobody's going to take out the uh, American military, first of all, um, those are some of the most noble people on the face of the planet. They actually have a code of ethics. They have a code of honor. And it's very difficult to go into that organization, if you will, or that tenant of our society and subvert it. So what they do is they go after the weak spots. They go after the political establishment. And uh, that's what they've done. And they've gone after the folks that are just driven by financial interests up on with our uh, big tech and uh, big business out there. So this is, that's why they're, there's sometimes uh, it's very difficult to distinguish between Democrats and Republicans because the same donor base that supports both of them are the ones calling the shots on this. So it's, um, it's very uh, chilling, frankly, from my perspective, because of what it's done to our constitutional rights, the idea of having free speech. Um, for a while there in Michigan, we couldn't even have freedom of assembly <laughs> under those COVID restrictions. And people are just kind of saying, oh, well, it's for the greater good. And you know what uh, Ben Franklin once said, that those willing to give up uh, liberty for security deserve neither. And uh, yeah. that's what we're in right now. They're, they're going after our weak point. And, uh, and from their perspective, it makes total sense. From our perspective, we, you know, we've been um, uh, too much, uh, we've been too relaxed, we've been too non-engaged for too long, and it's about time we start uh, showing appreciation for the uh, God-given rights we have here in America. We're going to lose them. Yes, I'm afraid you're right. And so uh, let's, talk, uh, let's talk about 2022 just quickly, Pat, because 2020 is what really got you into this. <laughs> this is how you stepped into it, and you've been at it ever since. And I think your stuff should be yeah. published everywhere. I have to tell people uh, that, by the Nothing. way, go to letsfixstuff.com, letsfixstuff.com, and you can read what's really true about what's happening in the elections. Um, in Arizona, I think Carrie Lake's situation in 2022 uh, was not the only situation in the country where there was allegation of voter fraud. Georgia was one of those other places. But uh, uh, Kerry still has a, a case before the courts. And do you know what's happening with that? Can you say anything about where that is? this over in Arizona? I mean, I think Katie Hobbs has obviously no. been sworn in, but it's not over. Okay, no. so can you say just a word about it? Well, I do know Carrie Lake's got a big announcement on January 29th, so I'm looking forward to hearing what she has to say there. I know the court case has been um, cited for a hearing on February 1st, so we'll know more about that. That's the appeal process for the um, initial ruling, and so we'll see how that goes. I mean, they, they 
the basic argument is whether or not the um, plaintiffs, in this case, Carrie Lake, met the burden of proof. And uh, anybody who was watching their testimonies <laughs> saw that there is more than enough evidence to go off and pursue uh, this case. And so the the judge put in some new uh, litmus test, if you will, for how to approach this. And that's what's going to be challenged in the appeals process. Yeah, the judge was sort of uh, not friendly to Carrie Lake. He had sort of a bias, as I recall. Yeah, I mean, then there's so many issues yeah. in that in that um, vote in the 2022 election in Maricopa County. All of us saw people standing in line for hours and then sent to other voting places and then told to put these ballots in special boxes and they might be counted sometime. And we found out that you know huge percentages never even got to vote. They waited and waited and waited. So there are legitimate problems. They've also found out there's a there's a Something wrong with the size of the ballots, and the Dominion has very strict rules about having the size of whatever goes in to be printed. What can you say about that? <laughs> well, there's no reason that they should be printing a 20-inch ballot or a 19-inch ballot on a 20-inch paper. So that's immediately going to get flagged as a uh, misread by the machines. And and you, whenever you misread a ballot like that. Um, you put it in the part in the hands of a third party to adjudicate how that vote should be dispositioned. That's the problem with mail-in balloting. In this case, what they did is they tried to um, subvert the actual in-person voting process. That's why they had over half the machines were down in on election day, which is very odd. And in context of folks like my friend Mike Lindell going off and highlighting that everybody should vote on election day, you knew that they were um, mostly it was the people that were going to be favoring Carrie Lake that were going to be going in on election day. So uh, the powers that be that were trying to subvert this election, it made sense for them to make it as problematic as possible for them to vote in person on election day. So it all adds up to um, to fraud and deliberate fraud. And so now we'll have an opportunity to prove it again in court, in the Court of Appeals in Arizona. You know what's interesting uh, also, Patton, and of course you've felt the brunt of this, you have centered in on the machines and the technology because that's your expertise, but uh, the the left has uh, really, I, I'll use the word cheated, every which way, every way from Sunday, whether it's uh, uh, bringing ballots in late at night or changing votes or messing with machines or messing with the election process or dirty voter rolls. In fact, you want to say a word about that because in your in your paper, your recent paper, Two Keys to Securing Our Elections, you talk about the corruption of voter rolls. Say something about that, if you would. Yeah, I think the first thing before you go off and try to restore election integrity is to first have a solid understanding of how election integrity has been compromised. And it falls into two basic areas. And one is around mail-in voting. And the key to mail-in voting has to do with the integrity of your voter rolls. So if you inflate your voter rolls, so that you can assign a ballot to Tom, Dick, and Harry, even though Tom, Dick, and Harry don't live in that district, or maybe Tom, Dick, and Harry were dead for years, or Tom, Dick, and Harry never existed in the first place. Um, now you got a convenient mechanism for allocating people to ballots. And so the first thing you got to go off and do is secure those voter rolls. In Michigan, our former Michigan Secretary of State our, and current Michigan State Senator, Ruth Johnson, sent a memo to her colleagues in the 2020 election that said uh, that there is uh, over 800,000 ineligible voters sitting in the Michigan Qualified Voter File, which is their statewide voter registration file. Wow. 
all those folks got absentee ballot applications. And um, to this date, when you go off and look at our qualified voter rolls in Michigan, there is a gap of 180, over 180,000 um, voters uh, when you compare it to the number of ballots that were issued. In other words, we don't know who voted for 180,000, who, who, uh, we don't know who cast 180,000 ballots in the state of Michigan. In the 2022 so election. That was in the 2020 election. That was an election, just for your reference, that was decided by 154,188 votes. And so the other thing that you can do to go off and try to detect this fraud is conduct canvassing operations, where you're essentially going back and trying to validate the information that you have in that qualified voter file. And in Michigan, once again, an election decided by 2.78%, we found anomalies on the order of 4 to 44% across over a half dozen counties in the state of Michigan. Um, so now we have pretty significant fraud around mail-in voting, and a lot of it can be traced back to the lack of integrity with our voter rolls. So the first thing you got to do if you want to fix our election elections is address the quality and integrity of these voter rolls. And you know, to that to that end, there's been a big movement to centralize the management of our voter rolls. Um, and in the wake of uh, remember the 2000 election with the dangling chads. They oh, passed, I just uh, vaguely. Some... Yes, of course. I was on yeah. the air in yeah. Chicago. <laughs> Trust me, I lived and yeah. breathed that drama. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, so they passed something called the Help Americans um, Help Americans Vote Act. And as a condition of that, if you want to receive funds from the federal government, because remember, elections are supposed to be a purview of the states, not the federal government. But the way that they get you is they offer some money. And they say, well, if you do this, then uh, if you follow these guidelines, which included centralizing your state's voter ro- registration um, system, um, we're going to give you some money. And uh, so all the states, you know, went off and created statewide voter registration files. And then they promptly... Um, made those voter registration files open to third parties like Rock the Vote that could go off and automatically register people and modify voter data. Mm-hmm. And that's what we have here in Michigan. We've got essentially a back end on these central databases so that the bad guys no longer have to go off and um, modify the election records in like 1,500 different municipalities in the state of Michigan. They have a one-stop shopping center now with the state voter registration database, and they've got connections to that database, to third-party organizations that have a very progressive lean. And as if that wasn't bad enough, I think it's around 31 states have joined a consortium called ERIC. It's uh, the um, Election Resource Information Center or something to that effect. And they provide, all these states now provide all their data to that centralized organization nationally. And what we've seen is evidence that they're the ones that are actually cooking the books um, and create two sets of voter rolls in the election. At least that's what some of our meddling kids here in Michigan have discovered. So you got to clean the voter rolls up. You got to take back control. And from my perspective, you need to decentralize the voter roll. You need to put it back in the hands of local clerks. And you got to be transparent, too, about it. Ideally, what you'd be doing is posting the list of all the people that are eligible to vote in your state. Their names, their address, and age. You don't have to put their birth date or any personally identifiable information, but put it all out there and let the people be the ones that police the integrity of that voter roll. 
What a thought. So, you know, Pat, yeah. one, of the, one of the confusing things for people is that, and I've alluded to this already, but so many Republican leaders have been really the scoundrels in this from my perspective. And that makes me think of Georgia. So, but people get confused because uh, they don't, they're not clued in. They're not plugged in the way you and I might be. And they think, well, that's a Republican leader. That's Mitch McConnell. That's uh, Kevin McCarthy. That's, and then in their states, they have leaders. So that takes me to Georgia. And uh, we all remember what happened, I think, for the most part, in 2020, where there was all kinds of malfeasance in voting. And yet Governor Kemp said there wasn't a problem. Uh, Secretary of State Raffensperger said there wasn't a problem. You have a report in your report, Two Keys to Securing Our Elections, about Georgia, an update. Could you just tell us about what uh, the Georgia voting system might have done in Raffensperger's case and his race? Yeah, so back in big picture mode, there's two key areas you got to go up and zero in and fix. One is the voter rolls. We just talked about that. Now you're going down in a thread around the voting machines. And what we found in, in Georgia was actually something that we found not just in Georgia, but in Tennessee, in Michigan, in Arizona. What we found were problems with the machine and the good folks out at voter ga uh, voter ga sorry with uh garland favorito and his team out there they've been bird dogging this for quite some time and what they've noticed are some significant voter anomalies or voting machine anomalies that seem to resemble some things that we've seen elsewhere so um yeah if you go to my post out at let's fix stuff.org I mean you can sit there and, and identify get a link to the story that talks specifically about that these uh, voting system errors could have added as much as 15% to the bad guys in this up in the previous election. Um, and the bad guy in this case is somebody by the name of Raffensperger. So, yeah, who um, have to be the secretary of state. Who, right. It's funny how the secretary of state that's running for office seems to always benefit from these uh, yeah. um, anomalies, if you will. Yes. And, uh, and you know, hit, uh, we could go into that, but I won't. But I just remember... He was all over the map, and the interesting thing is, I have to say, Pat, uh, for my friends who are who know things and are in high places, uh, there was a real mixed bag about him. Some people were completely loyal to him and thought he was so trustworthy, yeah. and others said, no, 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 no. I, From my perspective of what I saw, I don't think so. Uh, and I also want to make a comment on this. This is kind of unrelated but related. It's just a red flag to me. In the recent World Economic Forum meeting— one of the attendees was Governor Brian Kemp. Yeah. Governor Brian Kemp. Why was he at the World Economic Forum? Could I just say to all of you listening, the World Economic Forum wants to destroy your autonomy, your freedom. They want you to have nothing and be happy about it. Uh, they are all into control of the globe. They are very wealthy. They, they you know, are lofty. They fancy themselves very smart. Uh, they, are, they are very dangerous to this world. What's Brian Kemp doing there? What's the FBI director doing there, by the way? But that's a story for another day. So you got Brian Kemp, who's supposed to be the good guy, because I hear mixed reviews about him, too. Some Republicans think he's wonderful, best thing since sliced bread, and others not so sure. I, I, I feel it's very damning that he went to the World Economic Forum. So he and Ravensburger were, were tied at the hip about the 2020 election. You know, that there's nothing to see here. No problems here. I don't. I I just am very suspicious about that. You should be. Yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly. My governor, Governor uh, Gretchen Whitmer, probably the worst governor in the whole country, um, was at uh, at the World Economic Forum as well. And 
On a totally unrelated note, I'm sure there's a the World Economic Forum setting up their North American headquarters in the city of Detroit. So Ugh. it's really, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fun going on here. But you're right over the target because, you know, I talked about the donor class, if you will, the influential power brokers, the ones moving money around. That's their their common nexus, if you will, are the policies and guidelines being pushed by the World Economic Forum, and it's a and it's about control. And so we're finding ourselves in this big battle. Um, you and I are on the side of freedom. And and uh, we're pushing up against these guys with uh, quite a few figures after their net worth um, that are pushing for control. And so um, anyway, that's uh, that's the crux of the battle we're in. And I think uh, I've got a few posts up on letsfixup.org that address this and, and some of the funding mechanisms that they use to go off and subvert our elections and where that money comes from. Because uh, you started talking about um, Venezuela and uh, their elections being subverted. And I think, unfortunately, the United States is now on the same path that Venezuela was on, um, where they were the most prosperous country in South America. And now, you know, it's uh, not somewhere where you want to go. And Terrible. Um, can't get food, and, can't get medicine, murder, outbreaks of murder, out-of-control crime. Yeah, poor people now, devastated by this subversive it, overtaking of their started, prosperous country. Right. It started with the subversion of the elections. And they yes. did the same thing in Ukraine. And when we start tying back to the folks that are affiliated with the World Economic Forum, one of the, one of the founders of eBay by the name of uh, Pierre Omidyar, he runs a PAC or a fund called the Democracy Fund that always finds its way into trying to control and manipulate elections. And his primary mechanism is by um, misinformation, disinformation campaigns. And he was very engaged in the Ukrainian um, coup, if you will, back in 2012 and was very prideful on it. So these guys have been at it for a while. They've been using countries like Venezuela and Ukraine as test areas, the test countries, if you will. And I think their final exam was here in the United States. All right. So, uh, Pat, um, there's so much to say about this. There's a lot more to develop. Uh, And I'm thinking that you and I need more time to develop that. So I'm thinking that I'm going to say goodbye to you today and do a part two on this. Because I want us to get to the solutions, and, and I don't want you to hurry through it. So if that's all right with you... Uh, this is Pat Colbeck. I, I should let you say yes or no. Is it okay with you? <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Just one okay. little uh, teaser for the next one. We, we do need to start voting Amish. We need to get rid of these electronic voting systems. So that is another key tenet. So secure our voter rolls, and we got to address those voter voting systems because there's so much that uh, a lot of the people responsible for running our elections, they just don't know what they don't know about these vulnerabilities. So I'll just leave that as a teaser. All right, so uh, my guest has been Pat Colbeck. And by the way, you can find this uh, this stuff at letsfixstuff.com. Letsfixstuff.com. Pat is a great writer, great thinker. As you can see, he should be, you know, like a senator. He should be like uh, uh, somewhere where he has power. But he uses his brain and his expertise to try to inform the public. And so uh, you can trust his information. And uh, as always, we appreciate your time, former Senator Pat Colbeck. And we'll be back with part two with Pat very shortly. Sandy Rios, 24-7. Well, that was pretty incredible. Pat never disappoints. His knowledge base is so deep. I love talking to him, and I love his spirit. He's got the kindest spirit 
Uh, plus, he's just so smart. So it's just a great combination. And in a few minutes, Bruce and I are going to do kind of a wrap-up. We're going to because Bruce has some great observations about what Pat just said, and we're going to talk about it a little bit, dissect it a little bit. Before we do that, I want to again thank Preborn for being our sponsor. We could not do this without their help. And I want to remind you that the way they help women who find themselves in the pregnancy that they don't want for whatever reason, Preborn provides in their clinics ultrasounds for women to actually be able to see their little babies in their wombs moving around and they can see if they're boys or girls and they can see them sucking their thumb and they can see the heartbeat. And when they do that, half of them, at least half, more than half, actually just can't bring themselves to terminating the life. And that's the way they save babies. It's just, just a wonderful process, and um, I think it's, uh, I believe in what Preborn does. They've done just great work. If you would like to help with that, it's $28 uh, to pay for one ultrasound for one girl or one woman to save one baby's life. That's $28, which, you know, now is a pretty, pretty standard. Most people have $28, and you can give any multiple of that. Uh, any amount that you can, really, that you can afford to preborn will help to help these women make the right decision about these babies. All you have to do is go to preborn.com slash Sandy. That's preborn.com slash Sandy and make your, your most generous donation. And by doing that, you will help keep us uh, at Sandy Rios 24-7 afloat and giving you this uh, information, which I hope is helpful to you. All right, up next, Bruce is going to join me. We're going to talk about, kind of dissect a little bit about what we heard Pat just say. So stay tuned. This is Sandy Rios 24-7 on American Family Radio. Okay, Sandy Rios back with you. This time I've asked Bruce to join us. But you know what? Let me just say, before I give him a chance to talk, because he's got some great thoughts about what he heard Pat say just now, what you heard Pat say just now, you can call us at 662-821-2040 and leave a message or ask a question about what you're hearing on this show. Or you can go to sandy at AFR.net. That's sandy at AFR.net. And send an email. We'd love to hear from you. And also you can go to sandyrios.com for more information about uh, what we do and where we're going to be, etc. You can also sign up for a mailing list there. We are available on social media at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Getter, Truth Social, YouTube, and probably more. And we're available on all podcast networks if you have a favorite one. But AFR.net is our home base. But if you listen through Apple, Spotify, or Amazon, or any of the major platforms, you'll be able to hear Sandy uh, Sandy Rios 24-7. Bruce, that conversation with Pat, you can see why he's one of my favorites, can't you? Absolutely. He is a treasure. Um, And talk about... I don't want to say a thankless job, but talk about swimming upstream against forces that are trying to stop you at every avenue. No, I know, and most people don't have the reserves, like I think of Sidney Powell, which I I plan to interview her. Uh, Sidney's still a good friend, and I I haven't talked to her in ages, but uh, she is so powerful, and she was a very successful attorney, Bruce, very successful. She prosecuted, she was a federal prosecutor out of Dallas, and prosecuted so many important cases, wrote so many great books, and they have diminished her reputation so much because she claimed there was voter fraud and uh, because Dominion came after her and silenced her because they sue you, take everything that you have. And so they're going after Mike Lindell, but Mike has resources, and he's fighting them back in court. Uh, so it's, this is, it takes a lot of courage, 
uh, to speak the truth right now. And we see brothers and sisters all over the place taking the hits. I'm going to be talking to a few of them next week, as a matter of fact. But with Pat, you know, he's just, um, he's un, uh, inf- unflappable. He just stays the course and keeps writing. And so that's one thing that makes him amazing. Well, and what strikes me is this: there's so much resistance uh, when you talk about voter fraud, and yet it's so patently obvious on his face when you find out that one of the major problems that he addressed is this mail-in voting. And how do you police mail-in voting? You canvass. You clean up the voter rolls. And... Remember that one Secretary of State in Michigan, or the, no, the Secretary of State of Michigan said, oh, I don't have time to do that. Yes, I, I, I remember. I, she was ordered by the court to yeah, do that, and yeah. she refused. Was, oh, I don't have time to do that. Isn't that your job? Yeah. And um, you think about when President Obama first ran for office, they did like a microanalysis of voters across the country. They could tell you what kind of education you had, what library books you were taking out, all this information. All, what programs you watched on television? Yes. They did. They broke down people that watch lifetime television. They got yeah. down into the weeds of your interests. And the reason I bring that up is we act like it's so hard to clean up these voter rolls. That's preposterous. That could be done so easily. Think about when the IRS needs to find you. Do they find you? They find you. When the Selective Service used to draft people, they found you. Uh, we can find people. Well, it's very useful not to find them. And uh, that's, you know, Christian, J. Christian Adams, who hosted my morning show for me uh, all the time, uh, who was a former Justice Department attorney, has his whole, he's got uh, the Public Interest Legal Foundation. And in the before the 2022 election, they went to various areas of the country and found documented voter fraud, documented that nobody lived here, that nobody, this registration didn't apply, that there were so many dead people. And he went to various parts of the country uh, but And Tom Fitton of Judicial Watch is doing the same thing. They actually won a case in California where they gleaned uh, thousands of uh, ineligible voters from the voter rolls. But there's tremendous resistance to it for a reason. That doesn't happen for no reason. There was a reason they want ineligible voters on the voter rolls. Yes, and, and I think that if you look at that Rasmussen poll that said 83% of people believe believe that voter fraud is an issue, and 52% felt that voter fraud affected the 2022 election. Now, if, you know, and and I think a lot of times when people answer these polls, they don't want to be controversial, so they'll say, no, no, I I don't believe anything happened. So if you've got enough people that you get 83 and 52% of the people to say, yeah, voter fraud affected that election, I think you know how the people feel about this issue. And remember, Bruce, and this is still true, they labeled any notion that there was motor, voter malfeasance in 2020 and now 2022 the big lie. It's yeah. the big, they believe the big lie, this deception. It's a mis- disinformation. <laughs> it's disinformation what Pat just said, even though it's a you know verified and uh, proven, uh, it's, it's they have spun the whole thing. Well, and what's amazing is they label people, quote-unquote, an election denier. Like <laughs> yeah. there's something wrong with that. Like it, a Holocaust uh, denier. I mean, like, it, it, what's, an, what's really ironic is all these usually Democrats that are labeling people election deniers, if you go back in time and you search the archives, you will find those very people, those very Democrats, 
have denied the results of elections in the past. Oh, absolutely. Verifiable. I did a whole montage of that on my radio show in the mornings where just person after person, the hypocrisy is amazing. That's probably why 83% of the people in the (laughs) Rasmussen poll said, I believe there's some problem with the voting. Well, I think it, 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 you have to look, ladies and gentlemen, you have to talk about what makes sense and what comports truth is what comports with reality. Truth is what you see with your own eyes. Don't let anyone tell you uh, that you know they have a different truth. There is only one truth. It's what comports with reality. If you jump off a building, you will get hurt. That's reality. You can't decide, you know, if I jump off this building, I'm going to be fine. Well, you can decide that, but you're going to get hurt if you jump off the building. Truth is truth. It is. We may not know the truth about everything, but we can find the truth if we have a heart for it and if we just wise up. And do not, listen, you talk about disinformation. Our government, our social media companies, our politicians are filling our minds with garbage, gaslighting us at every turn, lying to us, labeling, using language to diminish and silence. And you have to wake up, wake up. I think I what I say, stand up, speak up. Say something, do something. Don't be a fool. Don't be a fool. Uh, pay attention. And you can get the truth at certain sources. That's what we want to provide for you is the truth at Sandy Rios 24-7. And with that, did you have anything else you wanted to say, Bruce, about... I, I'd urge people to come back for part two. It's oh, yes. <laughs> every bit as good as part yeah, one. Yeah, he t- Pat will join us for part two, and he will be a regular guest of the show because you can see that he's, uh, he's an absolute gold mine of information, shall we say. Well, thanks for listening today. We always, always appreciate your time. May God bless each and every one of you. And for today, goodbye. Bye now.